Welcome to Rumination. I hope that today's episode gives you a greater understanding of the Bible and a closer walk with God. As we explore today's topic, let the Spirit of God speak into your life and give you the encouragement, guidance, and strength you need to fulfill your God-given purpose. In today's episode of Rumination, we are going to continue um, through Genesis. Uh, Genesis 28 is what we're going to look at today, and and much like we did in the last episode, um, it's kind of a longer passage. It is um, Genesis 28, 10 through 22. So rather than sit and read through the whole thing at the beginning, um, I would encourage you to go and read it. Um, but it, we'll we'll kind of hit some points through through it as we uh, as we study. Uh, but this is the story, if your Bible, which I say this all the time, but if your Bible is, you know, has the titles on the top of each section like mine does, yours probably says something like Jacob's Dream. Um, and this is the story of where where we get the, um, the saying or the idea of Jacob's Ladder. Um, so Jacob lays down to sleep in a, in a place um, as he's traveling, and he has this uh, vivid dream. And so he dreamed that there was a ladder um, going, stretching from earth to heaven. And the angels of God were going up and down on that ladder. And the Lord stood above the ladder. Um, and in verse 13, this is what the Lord says in the dream. I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And so then Jacob awakes from his dream and proclaims, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And so the the passage goes on to say that he was afraid and and he realized, you know, this this place is a place where God is and it's it's a gate to heaven he calls it. So in the morning Jacob takes the stones that he were that he was using as um, a pillow um, and he set it up as a as a little pillar. He poured oil on top of it, which is like a symbol we see throughout the Bible as like anointing something. And so he called the name of the place Bethel. And he made a vow to God. And this is Jacob's vow in verse 20. And this vow is what it really what I want to talk about in today's episode. If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, speaking to God, of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So as I read this, I thought, at first I read it, you know, going through my daily Bible study, I read Genesis 28. Um, it's a story I'm familiar with. Um, I've done this kind of Bible study, you know, reading the Bible in a year, um, you know, many times, and I've studied through Genesis um, a handful of times. So, you know, I read the story and knew it and went to the next uh, chapter and, you know, continued on. Um, but I thought about it during the day and, and came back and, and wrote more notes about it. Um, and really it kind of, it occurred to me that really nowhere else up to this point in the Bible, does anybody specifically talk about what we now call tithing? Um, there are plenty of instances where somebody vows to give God, 
you know, to bless God because they've been blessed by God. And of course, we see even as early as Cain and Abel that God required that they make certain sacrifices to him. So maybe Jacob didn't invent the idea of tithing. Uh, maybe this is just the first place that um, somebody specifically mentions a tenth of their um income I in to put it in our terms a tenth of their income being given back to God but I think it's profound to read this passage of scripture and see Jacob's heart for God for giving back to God so for us um we tithe because that's what we do um Jacob on the other hand vows to God that he would give God one tenth of everything he had and would gain and he did that because he understood that he was blessed by God. He understood that all he had was from God. By vowing to give 10% of all he had, he began what we call tithing. Um, so though people had been making these sacrifices, Jacob has this mindset where he's just overcome by the thought of how blessed he is by God. And he's, he mentions this specific number, um, not because anybody told him to and not because it's something that um, you know, the Bible says, or the pastor says, but because he just really felt overcome with this thought of, I am so blessed by God. I want to give a certain amount of it back. I want to set this idea or this standard or this goal for myself that I'm going to give back to God what he has given me because he's given me everything. Everything I have is because of him. And so, in a way, Jacob sort of strikes up this agreement, um, though it's not you know any kind of covenant agreement like we see elsewhere between God and somebody like Abraham. You know, Jacob says, "Hey, if God's going to be with me, if He's going to keep me, if He's going to you know give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, and and allow me to come to my Father's house in peace, well, then He's going to be my Lord, and and I'm going to worship Him, and I will make a place for Him." Physically in his life, Jacob made this pillar, but it's a representation of Jacob making a place for God in his life and saying, of all that you have given me, um, I will give a full tenth to you. And I think that, you know, when we compare that mindset with the mindset that we have about giving, it, it, it kind of makes us look bad. You know, it makes me feel bad because whenever I tithe, it's because I know that that's what I'm supposed to do. The Bible clearly commands that we tithe. In fact, that's the one place God says to test him. He says to test him in that one area of giving to him and seeing how he's going to give back to us. So um, in his dream, which we see here in, in Genesis 28, God reveals to Jacob that he will be provided for. And so Jacob's response was to promise to give back to God. Well, I, I don't I can't say that I've ever had a dream as vivid as Jacob had here. Um, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But regardless of whether we've had this incredibly vivid dream of God, you know, speaking to us in person and telling us, you know, I'm gonna provide everything for you, I'm gonna make sure that you're protected in the way that you go. We might not have that, but we have the Bible. And we have pastors, and we have teachers, and we have examples and testimonies of how God has always provided for His people, and the promises of God that He will always provide for us. And I think, you know, kind of off the topic of tithing, but related because of Jacob's dream, you know, we so often look for, um, we so often look for signs 
And we so often look for these things kind of like Gideon, you know, asking and, and demanding of God that it be made painfully obvious to us what we should do or painfully obvious to us how God is working in and through our lives. But we have the Bible to tell us what God is doing. We have the Bible to tell us how God has always been and how he will always be when it comes to dealing with his children and blessing his children and providing for his children. So we don't need a dream. We don't need some special revelation to know that we have been tremendously blessed. We should have that same perspective of the goodness of God that Jacob had. We have been blessed tremendously. In fact, we have more wealth than the people, the rest of the people in the world. You know, if you're an American, no matter how poor you might feel, you have more wealth than 99% of the world. Um, it, it's it's incredible to think that, um, to think how blessed we are in comparison with how the majority of the world lives, but also to think of how blessed we are in comparison with how everybody up to this point in history has lived. Now, with that being said, we know that, you know, you, you can look back and even in the Bible, look back and read stories of um, kings who had tremendous wealth. I think of Solomon. Solomon probably is really the only exception to this. Solomon, it, it's so, it's incredible to me how detailed the scriptures are in describing Solomon's wealth. And of course, we know that that detail is there for a reason to help us understand how unimportant that wealth was in comparison with wisdom and with knowledge of God. But aside from that exception of Solomon, who had incredible wealth, even the richest of, of kings throughout history, it, it doesn't compare to the luxuries that we have. And, and I mean, even Solomon, as wealthy as he was, he didn't have air conditioning. Um, he, he couldn't just get on Amazon and buy, buy whatever he wanted. You know, he couldn't just swipe his credit card even when he didn't have his own money. The luxuries that we have, even if it's something that is kind of really not that great, like you know, credit cards and loans, the luxuries that we have in the world today as Americans and, and as people in a first world country, it, it's unbelievable. We are so wealthy and so blessed, and there's really no room for us to feel as though we aren't blessed. There's no room for us to, for us to feel like we can't give back to God. No matter who you are, no matter what's going on in your life, you have something to give back to God. You know, and, and even I would say, even if you're listening to this and you're unemployed, you know, maybe you think, well, I genuinely don't have any money to tithe because I'm unemployed. I lost my job recently. You have time that you can give. You have things in your house that you don't need. Um, you have things that you could give to Goodwill, well, maybe in, instead of just giving it away to Goodwill, not that that's a bad thing, but maybe you can go to your church and see if there's a need there um, among the people in the congregation or the families of the congregation. Um, my, my point is that even if you're in a position where you are, are genuinely um, the poorest you've ever been in your life, you still are so much more wealthy, even if it's in other ways than financially, you're so much more wealthy than so many people throughout the world. And we should have that mindset um, about our wealth. You know, we shouldn't take it for granted. We should understand how wealthy we are and how tremendously blessed we are. Because if Jacob can vow to God that he would give God one-tenth of everything he had, and on top of that, the fact that Jacob kind of spells it out that he would not only just give God at that moment one-tenth of what he had, but would 
would make that commitment to God that, God, no matter how much you bless me, I'll give back. No matter how much more I get, I'll give back. Um, it, it's unfortunately a fact that um, most people, the more money they make, the less percentage they give. Um, and even though um, it's it's not really about the the percentage I think is important for us to understand. Um, I always kind of wondered that when I was younger, why God would be so concerned with a certain percentage rather than just us having the heart to give whatever we can give. Um, but I think the percentage, the idea of giving a certain percentage is so smart. Um, it, it sounds silly even to say that something that God came up with is smart because his wisdom is so much greater than mine. But if God had just told us to make sure that we give something because that expresses the right heart, it would be so hard to have the right heart because you and I could just show up to church and give a dollar and say, well, I gave something and then go home to our immense wealth. Um, but by saying, well, you should give at least this percentage, then what that means is we have to have the mindset to understand that no matter how much God blesses us, no matter how immensely blessed we are, no matter how incredibly wealthy we are, we have that much more to give back to God. You know, whether you make, you know, $50,000 a year or $150,000 a year or $500,000 a year, 10% is really the minimum that we're called to give. And we see that instituted here in Genesis 28. Even though it's it's a person instituting this idea, not a command from God. We know that later on in Scripture, God does command it. And Jacob Jacob initiates this not out of duty, not out of guilt, but because he had a vision of the Lord. And to me, that's incredible. And, and this is this is going to be such a short episode because there's not much more to say about it. In fact, my notes are, are so short, um, I can barely even scroll through them. But it's just, it's incredible to me whenever I read this to stop and think that this thing that I do and that m- most Christians do because we're supposed to. Jacob came up with the idea as a result of having a vision of the Lord. And I kind of just want to let that sink in. I, I kind of want to just leave you with that and let that simmer in your heart and in your mind. And and I would encourage you to read this passage of Scripture and take that to God. Read Genesis 28, 10 through 22, and take that to God, and let God impress how incredible that is to you. Um, not that we need a vision to know that we should give. Not that we need a vision um, to feel, the to understand the importance of giving back to God. But when we understand that that's where that came from, tithing came from Jacob having a vision of the Lord and just being awestruck, you know, and and your version of the Bible that you use, maybe, um, you know, I'm sure it will word this differently. I, I always read out of the ESV when I start my studies, but in the ESV, it even uses the word awesome, which seems so out of place in the Bible. But Jacob is just in awe of the experience that he has, in awe of the glory of God and the love of God to bless him and to promise to bless him always. And we have that same promise today. So I'll leave you with that. We have that same promise today, and we have the same glorious, majestic God that Jacob has. That God that Jacob experienced 
in Genesis 28 is the same God that we can encounter every single day when we're faithful to walk with Him. And so we should have that same perspective of His goodness and His glory and His majesty. And we should have that same understanding of how blessed we are by Him. And hopefully that changes the way that we think about our blessings and think about tithing um, to our church and, and ultimately giving back to God in that way. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Rumination. I trust that the Holy Spirit moved in you as you listened, and I hope that this podcast has helped you grow in your relationship with God. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so. Uh, That way you don't miss out on the next episode. And remember to share this podcast with your friends and family so that they can grow too.